Sorry, Sam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm hit, I've hit record. I don't want any of this gold to go unrecorded. <laughs> no, I think I've had this conversation with Howard before. Our little bungalow in Scarborough, we had a kitchen with a kitchen table. We ate there Monday to Saturday. And then on Sundays, my mom would make roast beef and we would eat in the dining room. <laughs> It was interesting. Mm. It was, and everybody did that. It was. I'm not going to say it was a Scarborough thing, but I, I think it's a might generally be a Canadian thing. But yeah, we just yes, just you move the same amount of people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> same house, but on Sundays you just ate in the dining room. <laughs> Sunday dinner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know that we did that. I, I know we ate in the dining room on special occasions, but. Uh, I always remember that we didn't eat there enough that I wasn't freaked out when we went in there because the table was nicer. I sat in a different spot. China cabinet. The China cabinet was right there, exactly. Maybe a hutch. We had a hutch. Hutch, hutch, hutch. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, let's start the show on that note. Dan? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto from our Brampton studio, our Brampton basement studio, and from Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, and EVNet.ca. And now, here are two men who can't think about anything else except trip prepping. One getting his body parts in order, and the other researching government of the Dominican Republic so he has an opinion to share with the locals. It's Humble and Fred. So what does Lisa do? Well, when you're recording the show from Lisa's house, yeah, where is Lisa right now? Uh, she's up in her office. Now, does she listen and monitor the show while... From a distance? Yeah. Yeah. So she's up there right now seeing, you know, what abuse her boyfriend is going to get. Yeah. And at the end, be honest, at the end of the show, does she all like, why do they always have to do those things and talk about this and that? No, she just references the show and things down, down the road and she does laugh. Tell the truth, though. She's not impressed. She's not impressed with this program. No, she's impressed. No, only the parts she, when she, Dan. she doesn't. She doesn't think it's for her. What does this that show mean? is not for her? She's only she's only impressed with the parts that Dan's on. Did you hear what he just yeah. said? She's not impressed. Yes. She doesn't think the show is for her. Well, that's fine. Why does that bother you? I don't know. I was going to pretend. I was going to pretend it did, but then I don't. <laughs> I don't really. My wife, my wife and daughter told me that long ago. They want nothing to do with this show. Well, sad but true. <laughs> Well, I just think that, uh, you know, an evolved human, woman or man, you know, would enjoy this kind of back and forth about, uh, you know, nonsense. But, uh, you know, that's just me. Anyway. Triple P. (laughs) (laughs) Penis, pee and poop. Oh, yeah. Great. Great content. (laughs) It is great content. (laughs) You know, speaking of which, um, about 15 minutes ago, Fred was telling me about his recent metamucil experience dan and uh, oh, again? I, I, oh no yeah. this is like but it so he told me about his experience going to the washroom this morning and yeah. uh how his weight fluctuated uh quite severely um after he had done some movements wait a minute yeah. so so he's fred you're weighing yourself pre and post no yeah oh well, yeah no come on well, 
Well, let me walk you through this. <laughs> Dan, just be patient, because there's a logic to this. It's like, okay. I get up every morning, yeah. right? You and do. I weigh myself. So do I. So last night, I took a dose of Metamucil. I take it every couple of nights or whatever. So I get up and weighed myself, and I was uh, 175.2. And I thought, ooh, that's a bit up. But then I thought, ooh, wait a minute, that Metamucil. So I went and had a sit-down. Mm-hmm. And then I went and... Um, and I thought, well, that's interesting. It was that was that was okay. So I went back and just thought, oh, I'll weigh myself down and see what it was. And it was like one seventy four six. So then I go back in the room and I'm brushing my teeth and I thought, oh my goodness, so I'm growling again. So I had another sit down. I did. <laughs> and considering it was the second, it was more impressive than what you might think. Okay. Take, just in case you're keeping somebody track. who doesn't yeah. take a five or seven. <laughs> Just, just in case you've lost track down now, Dan. Now yeah. he's now talking about his second dump. Right. Right. Okay. So, so then it struck me that I should just go weigh myself again. And oh see. yeah. And I went and I was like one seventy four two. So I lost like within moments a pound, uh, just from that. So he's telling me this story. And I was quite impressed. And by the way, just to... That's, just, your, two, that's just, your two poop po- total, right? That's two poops, yes. Yeah. But, but, but just pause for a second. I weigh myself every day, as he does. I also weigh myself before and after. And I think a lot of people do this. It's not that unusual right. to weigh yourself before and after an elimination of any kind. If, right. I, if I have to take a... If I have a long, you know, stingy pee, <laughs> if I, uh, <laughs> you know, then I will... Uh, weigh myself and because I'm curious did that do anything to my current weight but my favorite part of the story Dan I've saved is at the end he told me that exactly what what he just told you and then he says to me at this point Metamucil is like a recreational drug yeah baby maybe we should get you to redo this it don't lie it don't lie it don't lie anyway um <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I told you, and in, in further to our conversation, um, to back up, it was one day I was listening to Stern. It was the the Stern show, and yeah, he I was said talking the same, about yeah. it. And I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to try that. And then you were saying you talked to that nutritionist, and she said you really shouldn't need anything. No, like no, that. she just said it's not necessary. Right. She didn't. Well, she wasn't against it. She just said, I, "Unless you're horribly constipated." Right. Or something. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. Janet was on the I show, and she just said, "I said I've been taking some Metamucil recreationally." Right. <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, it is. It's like it is. Party. It's. I'll tell you what. I, you know, Dan, if you haven't tried it, give it a shot, my friend. I've well, got some here you, for that. After those two this morning, I was in ecstasy. Ooh. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't make you so, feel lighter. So unbloated and everything. It's wonderful. Um, Dan, when you come back to the uh, sketchway tonight and to resume your uh, your roommating with me. Uh, I've My got residency. A, your residency. <laughs> yeah, your uh, sketchway residency. Come on back here. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you. For, by the way, well, first uh, dose is free. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Um, so, uh, Dan and I, I... I do take issue with, with both your suppositions that... Uh, all kinds of people way before and after their poops. Oh, everyone I've does. I have never heard of that. Yeah, no, everyone I've never does. heard of that before. It's not yeah. a popular thing. Not a thing. Here's what I would say. There's a lot of people listening right now that are, 
as outraged as you, but there are some that are going, yeah, yeah, I weigh myself all the time before and after I take a dump. Well, it's not even that. I think I just weigh myself every morning. Sometimes there has been a movement. Sometimes there hasn't. But the thing is, you know, often you'll get right up, have a sit down and then weigh yourself. So you don't there's no comparison. This morning just lent itself to comparisons. That's all, Dan. The other thing, too, Dan, is I, Mm -hmm. you know, wake up later if I can on the weekends and my weight will fluctuate quite a lot depending on, you know, if I weigh myself at 530 versus weighing at 730 or 8. For sure it does. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, was that on the show or off the show? You told me that. And then I came back with the question. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I guess you've had a couple more hours for your body to, uh, I don't know. No idea. It's interesting because I've noticed that as well, too. Um, anyway, moving on. So Dan and I were here, I guess it was Thursday night because you were you were, you were still here Friday morning when we had coffee, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So Dan and I are here Thursday night. And most people know that I live above the studio that we're in right now. Uh, where I am is on the main floor. Where I live is one floor up. Actually, three floors above this is my home. So Dan and I were hanging out. I don't even know what we were doing. And the doorbell rang. And when it rings, it's, you know, very often, it doesn't ring very often, but it's Stan starts barking and it's a long way to go and see if somebody's at the door. So I rush down there and there's a package. No one's there. There's just a package that says for Dan Duran and Howard. Hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, <laughs> my first thought is, Do we in- have an air pump. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my first thought. I thought, oh, okay, if this okay. is explosives. Here's what I thought. Oh, that's what, that's what I thought. <laughs> if this is explosives or a or um, drugs like uh, anthrax or some shit, I'm going to bring it upstairs and let Dan open it. <laughs> that's what I thought. So I bring it upstairs and I open it, and it's neither of those, Fred. It's not a pump. It's not drugs. You know, it's not explosives. Just to remind everyone, last week, Freddie and I were talking about Dan's childhood toy, the monkey sock or the sock monkey. Yes. And of course, being immature, talking about, did Dan have sex with the sock monkey? Was the sock monkey named Hitler? (laughs) (laughs) And um, so here's what somebody dropped off for us, Freddie. Oh, come on. (laughs) Isn't that something? It is a uh, sock monkey. And uh, there was no note. So I'm You're like, kidding. no note. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, I uh, got a message on Facebook Messenger from my neighbor, Mary uh, Vanos. That's what I make sure I got Mary's name right. She loves the show. Now, oh, she's okay. a, here's the thing about Mary Vanos. Unlike uh, Lisa and your wife and daughter, Mary Vanos loves this show. It, although she she's seen me around the neighborhood for a few years. And had never listened to uh, the program and then uh-huh. tuned in and was surprised, she said to me, by how dirty or filthy we are at times. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you meet me, yeah, I just seem like a polite old man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, until you get me behind a microphone. So Mary sent us the uh, monkey sock or the sock monkey. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, a couple things, Dan, I didn't know about it. One is uh, you, you, you make it, you press it. Oh, because yeah. we there was oh. something in there. there we is, couldn't figure that out at first. But I don't know what it. I don't know what it's noise it's supposed to make. But it sound the noise it makes is it sounds like it's dying. 
Hang on. Maybe he needs a new battery. Yeah. Now no, Stan not. Oh yeah. Stan wants it so bad. <laughs> oh, I know. Especially with that noise. Yeah, I can't make it the noise anymore. Yeah. Another thing I didn't notice is um, is it's you know it is a Dandoran puppy. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Oh right! Look that's at that! That's oh, the monkey's goodness. tail. It we, oh, uh, maybe, but look at it! <laughs> yeah. Tripod boy, tripod, yeah. mm. Dandoran monkey sock. So I'm going to leave that up here. I'll leave that right yeah, here. Stan, really, well, when we uh, were carrying it around and examining it, uh, <laughs> that's earlier, right. Stan wanted Stan it. Stan was uh, like, that's all he would do is just sit there looking at it. My uh, son. Uh, uh, my son Danny, his dog Dougie, any toy like that with a noise, he just absolutely rips the guts out of it. It's yeah. amazing in seconds. Hates it or loves it. Yeah, we've Move got whichever a, way you want to look at. Hates it. or loves. I, I, I got a couple of toys up there in the house for Dan or for Stan and Dan if he wants. And uh, one is a, a trout that when. Uh, we got it a couple of years ago. It's, it's you, it had a thing inside and the, it, it flopped around. Mm-hmm. And then Stan had it for about a minute, and he ripped the guts out of it. And, mm-hmm. and he still likes the the toy itself, but the whatever the squeaker is gone. But there it is, Dan, right there, the little sock monkey. Well, yeah, that's very nice of Mary. Mary yeah. just dropped that off for us. Oh, that's mm. very thoughtful, Mary, because yeah. she heard that. Mm-hmm. No, I went. Do you think she made it between then and now, or she had it? Do you think? Um, I think this looks like it was it was not made by somebody. This looks like it was boughten. Bought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bought. Maybe I just leave that right there, Dan. All right. Yeah. But you never know. Some people are very talented with a sewing machine, with a needle and thread, you know. <laughs> well, that's how they first came about. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dan. Yeah, the sock monkey was, you know, came from a sock. Originally. Yeah. Yeah, this one doesn't look like it was made by one of Mary's uh, old socks. Right. Dan, the guy who saved your face was good with a needle and thread, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yes, okay. he was. Yeah, that's true. Most definitely. So, um, yeah. back to Lisa's disgust with the show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it just because uh, sometimes we get carried away, or is it, like, what is the overall impression? Uh, she just doesn't think uh, it's, she just walked by. Hi, Lisa. Um, what's that? She feels well, that's not she's true. not your target Lisa audience. Lisa just said um, she's not our target audience. That is not true. <laughs> that is not true, Lisa. <laughs> you know what the frustrating is uh, part is for me? Delise, if I wasn't part of the show, I think she'd like it. Oh, but because it's you. Yeah, it's just yeah. a little too close sometimes to the subject matter, but matter. But if she didn't know the guys that were... I'll say performing this show she'd probably mm-hmm. like it because she's got a funny quirky funny little sense of humor well that's she the thing take, she can take some rudeness just not from her her a little frenzy mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I mean again I'm not going to get into a debate with Lisa about who our target audience is but you know I mean like well, she likes to play along with she just brought this to me which is a, a different version of the oh look at that oh look at that like I don't I would like to know but again I've only met Lisa once and I'm sure she's uh you know, she's right. The show isn't for her. But uh, I'd like to always... I'm just curious. Like, what does that mean? You know, is it because uh, of the Trump stuff? Is it because uh, we talk poopy peepee sometimes? Like, we have a lot of women that listen to this show. A lot of... Uh, uh, maybe... I think it may be more that, but I, I don't... You know, it's not her. Maybe... Thing. Well, listen, you know, we're never... Here's the thing. We're not for everybody. Yeah, that's true. 
We're not can't for be everybody. To everybody, right? Right. You know, we've had more than one board meeting discussing the Trump stuff. And um, Howard and I decided that it's a passion of ours and we want to talk about it. And our, it's our show, so we will. And, and it, it has been endorsed by, you know, corners of the audience. And then maybe some others reject it. But you make those decisions and uh, you live with them. Right, Howie? Yeah, and, and as far as the, uh, I don't know. Again, I, having only met Lisa for a very short visit, I don't know what her sense of humor is, but, you know, this show has a reputation as being quite funny. I don't know if you know that. You, you know, I, I know it's not funny all the time, but it is quite funny. I mean, it's, it's the, the jury's in on that. I mean, we've been doing it for 33 years. Many people find it funny. So when I hear it's not our target audience was not for something. I assume then, well, this isn't your sense of humor, which again is every, you know, everyone has different tastes and so, but I suspect Lisa's problem with the show is this Lisa loves you and doesn't love the fact that we sometimes kid you about different, you know, factions of your life. But Lisa should know that we've known you man and boy for a very long time. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, you know, any any ribbing that you get is based on 43 years of, you know, knowing you. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think that that's even the uh, I mean, she makes uh, she kids me like you guys, too, because she carries on from the the, the point you guys leave off oh, does <laughs> she? once in a while. Yeah. On that stuff, because she's heard portions of it. I just think in general, it's uh, the subject matters that you guys discuss are just not like she said for her. It's not her kind of thing. Well, <clears throat> get her to give us a list of things she would like us to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I will. And we'll see what we can do. Yeah, that's okay. funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, Dan Duran, uh, just some good news here for you. You right now have your own Queensway Sock Monkey. There it is, everybody. Thanks to Mary. Thank you, Mary. There's, it's, it really is the monkey's tail, but I was just looking at it and... Yeah, it does have a little bit of a tripod vibe to it. Especially if you look at it, actually if you if it really wants it can do <laughs> it can do this, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. I better go do some news. Yes, research. go do some yeah. research, Dan. Okay. And come back when you come oh see, I was gonna say when you come back, yeah. bring that list from Lisa about the things that uh she doesn't like about the show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, you're never going to please everyone. No. And even those you please, you're not going to please them completely. It's the nature of the beast, Howard. We know that. Um, let's get the show started then, uh, for real. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Burfalo Bills, uh, obviously, in a second. But first, let's talk about these fine folks, Frederick. Well, let's uh, start with that. Um, these numbers from Bodog. Um, the Buffalo Bills... A four-point pick to beat the Cincinnati Bengals uh, this weekend. Uh, minus 200 on the Bills. I'm a little surprised. The Bills haven't been playing that well. Uh, somewhat sloppy. You know, they won that game yesterday over Miami. But Cincinnati didn't play that well last night either. They could have easily lost that game. But that's the line. Bills by four. Minus 200 tonight. Wild card weekend uh, concludes with Dallas, a two-and-a-half-point pick over Tampa Bay. The Cowboys minus 145. So 
Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Let me tell you that Aaron Ventures is on uh, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Have your people check it out because it is doing some pretty fascinating things in the world of boron exploration, development of resource properties uh, in Canada and various regions internationally. Their objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties throughout the acquisition and current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. Check out AaronVentures.com. I, I just want to say before we start talking about the actual game, and, and be honest, like... Yes. And I'm being sincere. I don't want to become an annoyance to you during Buffalo Bills games. So let me just explain. Because I know I'm a bit of a, you know... Bill's fan come lately. I know that. So I'm very excited about the Buffalo Bills. And so you're my, you know, dear friend, obviously, but you're also my sports hookup. And I, I'm curious to see what you think about things during the game. So if my occasional text is annoying to you, I will stop it. And I'll tell you why. Because this happened to me last year with somebody that, you know, I, I, I know who is a big golf fan and started texting me throughout the tournaments and it became a bit of an annoyance. So let me just begin by saying, if you don't want any more messages from me, I won't be offended. I'll just message Lisa. <laughs> let me answer it this way. No, I don't care if you text me during the game, because if I did find it an annoyance, I would just go put my phone up on my desk number one and then pretend i never saw them oh okay however what you just said makes me think of that where you uh previously have told me that when you're deep into a golf tournament you don't like to be distracted exactly so i that has crossed my mind where i've thought wow when you're really into golf you don't like to be distracted but watching football games you love to text and again, don't don't get me wrong. I don't care because my buddy Doug texted me yesterday during the game, and Darren often does. It's like, buddy Doug was like, "I thought Bills were supposed to roll over them," and I, you know, yeah, and yeah. I respond to that, and so I don't care. Well, well, let me say, like, you know, it's funny because I, I the, the same thing happens to me Sunday afternoon. There's three or four people. My brothers will, my buddy O'Connor will. I just I find it a bit distracting when there's so many people, you know, we're all what did you think of that shot? Um, but you're the only person that I know. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's other people I know that are Bills fans. But, you know, anyway, that, so that's all by way of saying, like, I'm trying to keep it down because, you know, I just I want to be uh, mindful and here's how it started yesterday. So I, st- I started watching the game. And right away, uh, they start talking about this guy who plays for Miami, the third-string quarterback named Thompson, I think is his name, right? Mm-hmm. And I say to you, yes. this this better not be one of those, and the third-stringer came out of nowhere to win the game, blah, blah, blah. Because, right. you know, 
that's the kind of thing that can happen in sports where a kid comes out of nowhere. And uh, then I find out that you're not even watching the game. No. You're at Slapshot Johnny's hockey game, which I totally get. Yes. So I was actually sort of giving you messages, and a few of them, uh, just giving you the updates on the score. Which was interesting, too, because I did have my phone. And, and I really appreciate you did that. But when you have a phone, I really didn't need you for that. I know that. But I like the personal aspect of that, that you thought enough to update me. And um, with you updating me, I didn't have to keep going to my phone. It would, you know, vibrate. And then I'd go, oh, update from Howard. Now I know what's going on. So you didn't plus see I the, to, Plus, yeah, I ahead. told you I have Ignite TV on my phone that if it got close, I would just watch it while watching the right. hockey game as well. So you were... And then at some point you were at Mel's, uh, for you people who don't know, that's Slapshot Johnny, Slapshot Johnny's mom. And uh, you then you, I knew you were watching the game. But I will tell you um, very quickly my impressions of the first quarter of that game. Like a lot of first quarters of Bill's games, and we've talked about this, they're very strong. And then at some point, they're not as strong. The first... 15 minutes of the game, I thought, well, I'm this will be over so quickly. It was, I don't know, 14 or 17, nothing before Miami scored. They Miami hadn't had a first down. It just looked like a, almost like, you ever get that feeling when you're watching sports where you all start to feel a little bit sorry for the other team? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what, what it looked like. Yeah. It was almost like, oh, this is going to be, you know, a, a blowout and, uh, and then, like a lot of Bills games, and you said it a second ago, they get a little bit sloppy, they get a little bit of pressure, and then Miami started coming back. Now, I don't know if you've seen any of the highlights, but there were three or four balls this kid from Miami threw that could have been touchdowns, but there were also a couple of things that happened for the Bills, almost like Leafs luck, where they got a touchdown. Like at one point it was 20 nothing or 23. And they had a, t- a touchdown call back. Their feet weren't in. A few of those things went against the Bills. In fact, most of those things went against them. And then I think at some point you would have caught up. And the last thing I'll say about texting you is at one point you said, uh, why have they stopped scoring? And I said, uh, shitty fourth quarter, just had a 50-yard pass ruled incomplete. And now Miami is starting to think they can win, Yeah, which is really interesting to me because they did it. You could see the, the change in their, in their demeanor. Yeah, I know. And we've been asking that question all season long. Why have they stopped scoring? Because, as you said, out of the gate, they've been great this year. And then... I don't know. The other team makes adjustments or something. I don't know if the Bills are easily solved. And, you know, let's be fair. They only lost three games all season, and two of those they could have easily won. So they're a great football team. But when you're in that category, I guess fans expect a lot. But yesterday, I just... It was just weird. And, you know, Josh Allen, as much as I love him, and I love him dearly, sometimes I just get the impression he tries to do too much. You know, Mm -hmm. he's got to... He's got to just, I think a lot of the problems that Josh Allen experiences, he brings on himself because he's just trying to do too much. You know? Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, Tony Romo, Tony Roma? Or Romo? Romo. Romo. Yeah. Tony Romo calls him the alien. He, mm-hmm. he, he loves Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I think Josh Allen tries to do too much because he can do too much. Like, he threw a couple of passes yesterday that were called back or, for whatever reason, didn't count. You know, one knee out of bounds or whatever. But he threw a couple of them yesterday, Fred, that were like an alien. Like, it's unbelievable. Not just his arm strength, because you see, you know, listen, I've been watching football my whole life. Not just arm strength, but his ability to find the spot on a receiver, just the right spot. It's just pretty weird. Yeah, I, I think sometimes, Howard, his problems come from, like if you watch Joe Burrow from Cincinnati last night, or some of the other games, uh, the uh, Giants-Minnesota game yesterday, quarterbacks get in a little bit of trouble, so they'll just throw it out of bounds or throw it yes. through the end zone or something. Josh always tries to just salvage, take the one more step to salvage the play, and I think that's where he gets into trouble. And that only comes from enthusiasm and the, you know, the desire to win and everything. I think it's just something that they've got to um, address. So in the fourth, I'm sorry, the third, the second quarter, just for, you know, as I was texting you, I'm looking down now. So it got to be 17-3, 17-6, 17-9. They hadn't scored a touchdown, Miami. And then as I wrote to you, they started to, I think Miami started to feel like, hey, this isn't going to be a 45 nothing route. And then Miami scored 17 points in the last seven minutes of the quarter. That's how yes. it ended. Yes. And then they come out and Buffalo fumbles in the first play of the second half. Miami scores. And then... Now they're losing. And the game was way closer than it was supposed to. By the way, you were when you were doing the Bodog stuff, and I'm, I fully admit I don't completely understand the odds. That's why Fred does it. But what they were saying, Nance and uh, Romo, that I think Buffalo's odds, no team had ever lost with the odds that Buffalo had to beat Miami. Okay. Like, they were overwhelming favorites. And the fact that it ended, you know... Well, they had a third-string quarterback. That happens. <laughs> you know, when they're setting odds on a team in the playoffs that has a third-string quarterback, you don't like their chances. And he's a good quarterback, too, that kid. Yeah. He's going to be great. You could see, like... I felt good for him because, in a weird way, because, you know, like, he looked so nervous at the beginning of that game. Yeah. And then... At some point, he just started to believe, like, you know, fuck this. Like, I can play with these guys. And he did. He's got a great arm as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and the Bills, you know, they're favored to win the game, and I guess they should be. I would think that that four-point advantage for the Bills. Over Cincinnati? Is, is, it would be home field. That would be the consideration. Although minus 200. Um you know, you got to bet 200 to win 100 on the Bills. I think that's a little sizable. But I don't know how they arrive at these odds. And uh, more often than not, they're pretty close. And we shall see. Uh, you know, Cincinnati last night. Baltimore, the game's tied 17-17. Baltimore is on the half-yard line. The quarterback tries to go up and over with the ball, but he exposes it. They knock it out of his hand. And one of the uh, Cincinnati guy runs it back 100 yards for a touchdown. That was the difference of the game. Wow. Baltimore scores there, and then all of a sudden it's like uh, Jacksonville Jaguars coming to Buffalo, which you feast on. You think, wow, that would be a nice ticket to, to a game with Kansas City. But this one, to me, 
I'm very nervous about Cincinnati, but you know, got to play the game. You know, I don't know anything. You know, I really don't know anything about this. You know, who's good and who's not good. But I can tell you, having watched, I don't know, half a dozen Bills games recently, there is something that happens to them. And after they, they, they do get, they, they just seem to get, they look so good and then so bad. Uh, and that's what makes me nervous is that they should win most. They're, I, I know enough to know that they're one of the best teams in the league. But you've said a few things recently about their power ranking. I'm not 100% sure what that is, but I'm assuming it's their, where they rank as a team has gone down. Mm-hmm. And, and they've won. They've never lost since I've started watching them. I haven't seen a Bills loss. No, and I haven't counted. I don't know when the last time is that they lost. I guess maybe that Minnesota game a couple of months ago. So, <laughs> or whenever that and was. I didn't. I, I was I was interested in them at the time. I have a thing now. It's far. It's so weird. I get notifications that the Bills game is about to start on my phone, which I think is funny. But I've never seen them lose. But I've seen them win. Like yesterday was too close. You know, other. You know, they could have. That first down call went their way at the end of the game. Because if it doesn't, there's still an opportunity for Miami to come back and score. That basically finished the game. They deserve to win. They're the better team. But even Romo kept saying, and it was pretty exciting at the end, he kept saying, I don't know, Buffalo's season can't end like this. But you know it can, because that's sports. A good sign to me, you know they're a good team, is that fumble that Miami recovered in the second half to score the touchdown and take the lead. That that was an invitation for the Bills to fall apart. Yes. And traditionally they might have, and a lesser team would have. But they didn't, which is very encouraging. Yeah, they came back and scored a, a couple of touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. there, there's a statistic in this game I, I love, golf. And it's one of the most telling signs of how good a player is. Or, or that's not true. It's the most telling sign of, the, of a player's mental um, state at that point in the tournament. And it's called the yeah. bounce back. Yeah. So when a tour player makes a bogey, what they do after that, ne- like on the next hole, yeah. is a huge statistic. And a lot of them make a birdie after a bogey. Most of us just continue to shit the bed. But that's a real indication on Sunday afternoon where you are mentally mm-hmm. is if, if you can gather yourself after a mistake. Yeah. Especially a mistake late. And, that, and that's what the good points you're making. Mm-hmm. Like, they begin the second half like, okay, let's go out there. Bills are going to make a statement. Fumble, touchdown. And that could have derailed the whole thing. Yeah, because there's that whole momentum thing, too, in team sport. You know, because... If everybody collectively sort of drops, well, then that's when things fall apart. So anyway, that's all I, uh, I just found it. I mean, it's, I find it exciting to be, you know, it's fun. To, I was out having, a, you know, big t- downtown brunch with my youngest yesterday and hung out with Spencer all morning. And at one point, I said, uh, we're at some place on St. Clair having uh, breakfast. I said, well, listen, what time is it? And I said, I got to go. And they're like, why? Where do you, where do you have to go? I said, I got to have to get home in time for the Bills kickoff. And they were in Spencer's like, what? I go, yeah, I like the Bills now. It's a thing. 
<laughs> funny. Well, there's no doubt they're a fun little team. Oh, it yeah. It all starts with the quarterback. And, you know, another thing about you said that quarterback's going to be good. You know, so many good young quarterbacks don't end up on the right teams because for a quarterback to show everything he's got, you know what, football, it's such a team sport. It's such a machine. And that's the thing about Josh Allen. You know, he arrives in Buffalo just as the defense is one of the best in the league and the offensive line has been bolstered. It all comes together. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, there's a guy, Matthew Stafford, for years played in Detroit with the Lions. A great quarterback. Never made the playoffs, right? He's had enough, asked to be traded, goes to the L.A. Rams. Right. They win the Super Bowl the first year he's there, and I think he's the MVP and... So it, it's interesting, um, you know, right place, right time in football, maybe more than any other sport. The um, Miami quarterback that uh, got a concussion, T-mu, T-u. Tagliuliubu or something. Yes. Would he I'm have... not good with those names, Howard. No, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. San Miguel de Allende. Um, <laughs> what, uh, would he have made a difference? Oh, I would think, yeah, he's a good quarterback. And whenever your first stringer plays ahead of your third stringer, I think you know the answer to that question. Because that kid played really, really well yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking- and, you, you know, it's and maybe if their first stringer did play, uh, the Bills wouldn't be playing against Cincinnati ne- next week. Who knows? Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of uh, San Miguel, uh, today is the 16th of January, which is going to be... I guess kind of like, uh, I was thinking our last regular season Humble and Fred show for a couple months. And here's what I mean by that. Freddie's going to uh, the Dominican Republic. You, you leave tomorrow morning? Yeah. Yes. Have we had enough of the bills? Because I'm changing uh, courses no, now. No, just on that point, we talk about texting back and forth. My buddy Doug, who I'm going to the DR with, my last text to him yesterday was... Bills in a beach bar next Sunday. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was thinking. Well, I was thinking of you mm-hmm. as part of this discussion that you will be watching it. Mm-hmm. Same time zone? No, an hour ahead. Although the Bills game against Cincinnati is next Sunday at three p.m. They like to push it later in the afternoon. So there's a three o'clock game and an eight o'clock game. Hmm. And then there's two games Saturday. So starting tomorrow, I. Uh, for this week, anyway, uh, Paul Romanuk will be guest fretting for a couple of days. And then I had a great conversation with Maureen Holloway, who is our guest Fred on Thursday. We talked about a bunch of different things, but I had finished. I, I said, listen, Maureen, I just want to make sure that you're OK. That uh, Thursday, we talk a little bit about Voldemort and they were cool with it. And Jackie... Delaney will be our guest. The three of us will, you know, revisit the calamity and chaos that was Chorus Radio for all those years with three people, well, two people that were victims and a third person, me, that was part of, you know, a bunch of people at that office that witnessed it. But that aside, so for the next couple of months, the show is going to be on a different bit, a bit of a different schedule. You're going to be away and while Fred's away... No, I, now I'm confused. So while you're away next week, we're doing we're doing four days. We're not starting the three days until I go away too. 
Yeah. Okay. Monday morning, I'll be in the Dominican doing the show for Monday through Thursday. Right. The following week, we'll begin the winter Humble and Fred uh, season where we're going to do shows. You're going to hear the program. We've got some special programming uh, figured out, too. But uh, just so everyone knows, it's going to be a little bit different for the next couple of months. And just don't panic. We're still going to be here. Yeah, and we're working this week and next week, and then we're going to be off for two. So just so you know, right. no shows for a couple of weeks. Uh, and again, in those um, in those weeks, we will have some uh, different programming. There'll be some best ofs, but uh, we have uh, we have a bit of a twist on our best ofs. We're actually going way back. Didn't because that was whole the whole point of you giving Boone all those old shows of ours. Yes. And I don't know exactly what he's come up with to this point, but we'll find out. Yes. Uh, Speaking of which, um, here's a weird phenomenon that happens to me. I know, man, probably happens to you is that I forget who's actually ever been on our show. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes people will be talking about an artist or a celebrity and I'll go, oh, yeah, we interviewed that person. And sure enough, on the weekend, Lisa Marie Presley passes away. Mm-hmm. Very young. Did we ever figure out? Did they, I didn't really explore this. Did what was the cause of death? Uh, I think it was cardiac arrest. Oh yeah, but maybe brought on by substance abuse. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Boone, who handles our Twitter feed for Humble and Fred Radio or Humble Fred Radio on Twitter, tweets a picture of the three of us: you, me, and Lisa Marie. It's a terrible picture of me. My eyes are closed. <laughs> and, uh, and have you seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Fat yes. Freddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say that because you're you look way younger. Well, with your cool beard and everything, but that picture of you—that's two thousand three, four, five. Like, not that you look older, but it was two thousand five. De- definitely chubbier. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have no recollection of that interview. None. Howard, I don't even know if she was on the air. I think she just came through and said hello. And you know who took those pictures? I do not. Neighbor John. How do you know that? Because he and his brother-in-law, Joe, were going to see Lisa Marie at the Eaton Center or something. She was signing some. I forget what the deal was. And then I found out that she was going to come into the show. So I asked if John and Joe could come to the mix studios okay and they came that morning maybe you don't recall that i don't so john has a picture of him with her same in fact i have it i'll send it to you so i think joe took the picture of john with lisa marie and john took the picture of me and you with lisa marie (laughs) and that's why you know they weren't like set up like Okay, everybody, look at the camera. <laughs> That's right. They just seem to be snap quick. She looks like she's tot doesn't want to be there. T- totally disinterested. Well, I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. that. Well, if, here's the thing I know then. We must have interviewed her because if you knew she was going to be on the show, because you, you wouldn't yeah. have said, John, come down. You might get a picture with her in the halls. So you, we, yeah. we would have had her on the show with us. I guess. We would have had to. I would like to hear that because... You know, her dad was Elvis Presley. Yes. Yes, I'm aware of that. <laughs> so that would there would have been some neat questions there, but like you, I don't recall any like neat, compelling questions about 
talking to the daughter of uh, the king. Of the king. And, you know, yeah. but uh, part of it, I wanted to bring it up for a couple of reasons. One was that, uh, you know, if another famous person that was on our show, I had no idea that, like, I wouldn't have been able to get that in a multiple question, multiple choice. I wouldn't have. If, have you had Lisa Marie on the show? I would have gone, no. But uh, there's a lot of that. And it's come up a bunch, I think maybe as we've aged, but a lot of times, I, and I had another one that I was going to, I can't remember it now, but it happens quite often where I'll go, oh yeah, we interviewed that person. Yeah. And there's a few along the way that we may have had in the studio before they became super famous. For instance. You know? Well, some of those bands, like, you know, over the years, we talked to, you know, what about, uh, like, uh, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel sitting in the, yep. you know, doing the man show? I mean, people knew who they were, but they went on to be much bigger than they were at that time. Bob right? Odenkirk and David Cross were on our show. John yeah, Cusack uh, was famous when we had him on the show, but not right. as famous as he became. Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. here's a great two year. Now I remember. So Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. uh, director, was promoting. A, a movie or was in town shooting a movie but promoting Chasing Amy and uh, brought in this kid who was tagging along Chasing Amy is a Kevin Smith movie right and um, he brought in a couple of the actors mm-hmm. uh, from another movie and it was uh, Ben Affleck yeah because they were in Toronto doing um, the Robin Williams one um, Goodwill Hunting Goodwill Hunting at the time. So he brings yes. in his buddy Affleck, who's in Cham- Chasing Amy, mm-hmm. and uh, the girl, fr- um, what's her name? Beautiful girl. Woman. Woman. Mini Driver? Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I've, I've told this story before that, we were trying to talk to Kevin, and Ben Affleck kept interrupting. And, right. and we were sort of like, hey, buddy, just relax, okay? You'll get yeah. your turn. Like He was a nobody. Yeah, another example of someone <laughs> we had in the studio before they became famous. Yeah. And, you know, and then you often wonder, would they come back now that they're famous? No. Anyways, no. and it's funny because we had Lisa Marie there. By the way, those pictures were of us at the mix. Um, we had a bit of a run there at the mix for a while with, with celebrities. And, it, and not that we didn't have celebrities at the edge, but they were a different style. You know, at the edge, we'd have the Foo Fighters and, you know, sort of more of the Kevin Smith, John Cusack vibe. Where at the yeah. mix, in the space of a few months, we had Avril Lavigne, Janet Jackson, Pink, Coldplay. We had uh, Chris Martin, yeah. Chris Martin and Will Champion of Coldplay. Like, it was not that it was, it was just a different sort of level of them. Mm hmm. And I, I think part of it was because of the format of the radio station. Yeah. The power of the, that, that cluster of stations. I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. That is uh, so true. Um, the day, yeah, because, yeah, we would have never had Janet Jackson on the edge. I remember she smelled good that day. Yeah, she did. Uh-huh. Yeah, she smelled really good. She smelled good. Uh, pink was great. Chris Martin was great. You think about that, though. We had the kid of the king, uh, Elvis Presley, and then, you know, we also had the kid of another guy, you know, almost of that status. Who's that? Equal. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Oh, right, right, right. So think about that. Again, 
Sin- we would have had Sinatra and Elvis, but they were dead. <laughs> so we That's had right. their kids on. We had Frank Sinatra Jr. on, who thought we were doing the show live. Uh, anyway, there was another uh, passing this weekend. I would say he's a celebrity in his own way. He was the longtime um, broadcaster and uh And he was the governor general, the lieutenant governor, I should say, yes, mm-hmm. of Ontario. David Onley passed away. He was never on our show. Uh, I never met the man, did you? No. But always seemed, you know, I, my, my only, I, mean, I, I want to bring it up because it would be weird not to that he passed away. It was a big deal in Toronto and Ontario. And, mm-hmm. But he was just one of those guys that uh, I always liked him well, on. He was uh, governor general. Lieutenant Governor. Or Lieutenant Governor, whatever you call the Ontario one. Yeah, yeah he was that from 2007 to 2014. But for people yeah. here in Toronto, we all knew him from being the anchor on right. City. And just another, you know, I want to say this partly because Moses Nimer, just another sort of forward thinking, I want to say groundbreaking, but certainly, you know, David Onley was uh, handicapped, or what's the proper... He was uh, disabled. Disabled, thank you. And he he must have been one of the first or few disabled anchor people. Can't say anchor man. You know, TV broadcasters in in a you know in a wheel not in a wheelchair but in a mobile and a scooter. Yes, uh, he started as a weather specialist on City TV, and then that morphed into I think hosting the morning show. He was the first host of breakfast TV in the early days. He he walked with, you know, canes. Yes. Uh, and I don't, eventually, uh, maybe he was exclusively in a wheelchair. Do I, I don't know. What was his disability? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, pol- I, think I got it here. Childhood polio yeah. or something. He was yeah, partially child- paralyzed yeah. from the neck down at age three by polio and used leg braces, a cane, and his motorized scooter to get around. So when he was doing the weather... That's right on city TV. Right. Okay. He would be in the canes and 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 the thing was with Moses, yes, forward thinking, innovative, progressive, but he was good. Yeah, he was like, very he was, good. He wasn't there for the novelty of it. He was a good broadcaster. And, and again, I never met him either. He always seemed like a decent guy. Uh somebody we used to be close to that <laughs> that uh um shut us down. Used to be one of my very dear friends who uh, you got into a thing with, and but he always spoke very highly of David. He knew him. He knew him pretty well. You know who I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So that guy who used to like us, who doesn't like us anymore, uh, he always spoke. He was good friends with David, and uh, would go for lunch with him the odd time, and just said he was uh, always had good things to say about him. So that's uh, that's that, my friend. Seventy two, very young. I know. 72. Mm-hmm. I'm five years away from that. My goodness, I can't imagine how brief that life is, was. And, a, and isn't it funny, achievers, eh? That man achieved a lot in those 72 years. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to actually have the status, the reputation, the character to be considered as lieutenant governor of the province after being a broadcaster i mean that's a special breed no exactly and i think he got order of canada as yeah, of well of course yeah 
so what what creates what, what these individuals who you know he's dead at 72 but you know you read his uh, obit and you think wow he packed a lot in there yeah he wasn't sitting around binge watching crap all no, the time no no he was doing things He's, yeah, he's a little bit like Tory that way. He was out there doing stuff. Uh, I just scanning this article. I don't see it. Not that it matters, but I'm just you know what was the cause of death? Who knows? Um, but seventy two. Lisa Marie, you're saying was uh, some kind of cardiac issue. You know what? Of course, right away the anti vaxxers with her. It's all mm-hmm. you know. It's like a, it's so funny that anytime anyone dies now, David Onley aside. Sometime that this anti-vax thing, especially with cardiac, seems to come come out into the forefront. No, I know. And the anti-vaxxers are running wild right now because I think it's Pfizer has agreed to look into adverse ref- uh, effects as far as the heart. But th- this is almost routine. I mean, yeah, you of can course. take any vaccination and side effects or history or harm it may have done to somebody. So they're looking, and it's something like point zero 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 two of people that have at heart where they might be able to connect the vaccine to their heart issues. Well, yeah, we should find out about that. Yeah, for sure. But they take that and run with it rather than, yeah, but you're still way better off with the vaccine. You know, I just had my fifth. Didn't you just have your fifth? I haven't had my fifth yet because I had uh, I had the COVID. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Um, yeah, there was enough time between me getting COVID and getting my fifth, and I didn't hesitate at all because it gets back to what we keep pounding away. We have a pretty big network of people we know through social media, through doing this show. I don't know anyone that's suffered from a shot. I don't know anyone that's died from the shot. I don't know anyone that's died from COVID other than an, an old friend of mine. His dad died at 86. Yeah, but he was I on mean, a, that's, But yeah. at 86, you were on your way to dying anyway. All well, COVID did was just, you know, complete the mission. And that was back in the day where you would be admitted to the hospital for something else and ultimately maybe die of that, but have COVID too. So it became a COVID statistic, yes. which is something that bothered me. But I mean, that's ancient history. But of, yeah, of course, Pfizer's looking into it because they created in Moderna will too. They created it. And now now that you have a, a pretty good overview of everything, yeah, let's dig into this and find out exactly where we're at with why is that so hard to or well, why is that so Because all, all people do. I'm gonna I'm gonna get I am i have got a cardiac uh, opinion, by the way. But I'll get into okay. a second. Because what people do naturally is just look for <clears throat> things that will support the argument that the, sh- the jab or the shot was mm-hmm. a mistake, the theron flurries of the world. But that aside, here's the thing about COVID and and the cardiac issue. Excuse me. As much as you could find support for the vaccine giving some cardiac issues, there's just as much, if not more, support for COVID giving people heart issues. I've done a little personal research, you know, that um, there's nothing in my life in three years that would have basically triggered another arrhythmic issue other than COVID. And a lot of people have experienced that. A lot of long-term COVID effects have to do with how it impacts your cardiac system. So I go almost three years 
with no ill effects. I've had the ablation, which, you know, a lot of times that doesn't necessarily take. In fact, we have a listener, a former client of ours, who um, I don't I won't name, but he knows who I'm, I'm talking about. He's had four ablations. Um, it's not atypical to have more than one or two to fix this thing in your heart. It's not that they don't. They. It's not that the tech, the technology isn't there. It's just that they they can't always find and pinpoint the part that's malfunctioning. But anyway, I I know from talking to some people that again that I had no other symptoms. I go to Mexico thinking it's the um, elevation, and I've been told now that's nonsense. But there was nothing else that changed in my life. But I got COVID, so it makes sense that. Something triggered my heart to start to, you know, get out of rhythm again. You know, I said this to my uh, one of my cardiologists. I have two now. He just thought it was a coincidence because I said to him, you know, what do you think of this? He said, I don't know what to think of that, but it could just be coincidence. Well, I don't think it's coincidence. I had covid literally 10 days before I went to Mexico. So. There's just my, my point is, as much as you can make a case that the vaccine is giving people heart attacks, you could also make a case that so that so is the, you know, the disease itself. Yeah. Like, will we ever know? Maybe going forward with further research and investigation, maybe. Yeah. All I know is, but, you know, there's a lot of people, anti-vaxxers, they're making money on the back of it. I mean, you talk about Theo Fleury and Jamie Saleh. Saleh. Um, you know, they're grifters. They're, you know, they, they do these sem- uh, seminars or public appearances in, in, in the sell merchandise. It's, it's really disingenuous. They pull that shit out of their ass just to sell tickets to their creepy little conferences. Is that what they're doing? Oh, yeah. Like Theo Fleury. They're called Freedom Something. Because that's what they do in the stage. They've got all these. uh, They sit on the stage and they get all, you know, the. the People get all revved up. Get all the simpletons to buy tickets and come in and get revved up and say and tell those people what they want to hear and make money. It's great. Um, it's a I great just, system. I just uh, before we get to our next little uh, sponsor support message, I just went over to the Facebook uh, just to see if uh, it's working, and it is. And uh, here's a question that I think is interesting, and I've been asked this before. I'm, I'm not sure how I'll answer, but I'll ask you first. It's from Joe Syke, who says, "Of all the people you have met, you know, on the back of us uh, talking about people we've interviewed, who impressed you the most?" That's a great question. Um, I'm not sure I would have a, a ready answer as far as who impressed me the most. You know, because sometimes people that impress me on the show are people that aren't famous, but they've got a great rap. They got a great story. So I don't know who, who, who would you say off the top of your head? That you found most impressive, either or, or maybe, I don't know, uh, because of their fame, it was impressive. Well, I would. Pro- well, you know who keeps coming back to me is Chris Martin at the mix because he was just such a real, real nice guy. Do you remember that? He was just a nice. No, he's a fantastic guy. Nice fella, and uh, you know when Dave Grohl was in there too. But at the time, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't. When I met. Chris Martin, in my mind, he was a much bigger star than Dave Grohl was when I met Oh, yeah. Him. 
like dude, let me just say when we met dave grohl he had just started the food thing you know he yes. was the drummer from nirvana which was which was cool but like we had a lot of guys yeah. like that on you know coming yes. and going yes mm-hmm. it wasn't that big a deal yeah so they come to mind in retrospect i wish i re- remembered a little more of Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel because I'm such a huge fan of Jimmy Kimmel. Not so much uh, Adam Carolla has turned into some kind of a white right wing weirdo. Yeah, it is weird. In my opinion, he yeah. is. No, I know. And he and he sounds silly when yeah. he goes off on that. He just sounds silly to me. But Jimmy Kimmel, I and there's a weird dynamic. They're really good friends and apparently still are. Mm-hmm. I think you told me that. And, and and their politics couldn't be any any more different. Maybe they have a rule: we don't talk politics. But. You know. By the way, before I forget, I've I've done on your advice. I haven't completely stopped Twitter, obviously, but mm. I've stopped. I've just basically gone through a um, cleaning house of people that I was following: Lauren Boebert, Marge Tain, all that stuff. Because I just found it so aggravating. So now that I don't see it, I'm just a little bit less aggravated. Um, well, one thing I'm going to say on that point, too, and, you know, I, I managed to do it with social media. I'm really going to considering the recent happenings in the United States. There's really no hope. No. I really see the opportunity now for that guy, the orange thing, maybe to be the nominee. I'm going to withdraw from that because they get what they deserve. You can see this. You can see it coming at you full mm. force. Why be aggravated? No, it? absolutely. That so mean, especially when I'm away, I'm not watching any cable news or anything. Screw it. And, and you know, we're not going to not ever talk about Trump again. But, you know, right. you mentioned it off the top of the show. We don't talk about it as much as we did because he's mm-hmm. not as a biggest part of the conversation. And what's happening with Ron DeSantis and the Kevin mm-hmm. McCarthy's just don't interest me as much. But I was going to say, getting back to who impressed me the most, mm-hmm. just... It, I used to do this when my dad was alive and we would have somebody on the show like a Frank Sinatra Jr. It, it wasn't so much that I, not that we, you, you know, I, I was impressed, but I was always so tickled to be able to call my father and say, hey, you'll never right. believe who Freddie and I just had on the show. Mm-hmm. And, and that's probably to answer your question, Joe Syke on facebook that's kind of not it kind of it's what i miss obviously about my dad but also it was like i was more tickled by how tickled he would be when i'd say hey you know we just had you know janet jackson on the show or frank sinatra jr or and you know lisa marie presley if i could bring up another moment it wasn't on the air although i did he maybe he did he was on with a phoner or, I can't remember. Robert Duvall. Tw- Robert Duvall. It yeah, was that was 20 on the years phone. ago. He was, he, was, he was on the show on the phone? On the phone, yes. Okay. Well, part of that was Jason Danger Boy used to put on the Scottish accent and talk about soccer from time to time. Remember, they asked. They said, could he come to lunch with Robert Duvall to talk about soccer? <laughs> as bizarre as that seems. Oh, I know. So, of course, he said, yeah. Because he was doing Invectus at the time or whatever? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or some soccer movie. I think that was the name of it, but it doesn't matter. Um, So I said to Jason, can I tag along? So we went to the Metropolitan Hotel and had lunch with him. No, I remember. Yeah, and like that was a huge moment because, again, you know, the, the Godfather and at the time... 
still a relatively young man making a lot of movies. You know, it's pretty cool. We were both watching The Godfather over Christmas time, you and I, because of that series, uh, The Offer. And uh, every time I watch The Godfather now, I'm reminded of the fact that I had the opportunity to go to lunch that day. You and I and Jason. Yes. And I said, I don't want to go because I was going golfing. Yeah, you chose golf. I chose golf that day over hanging with Robert Duvall. I know. I know. Yeah, and it, like, you can, golf, you can golf any day. Okay, I know. I know. Wow. It must have been. Wow. Anyway. It doesn't matter what it must have been. But um, did I, this, this thing about Lou, my dad, came up recently where you and I did something or something happened. And I said, oh, that would have been one of those ones. Oh, I know what it, I was meeting. Um, I think it was meeting that person in uh, San Miguel, but I think it was something else that happened recently. Um, let's uh, take a second here and acknowledge the fine people that make this program available to each and every one of us each and every day. Yes, as of tomorrow, the Fred Man, yeah, the Fred Man, will have chamber plan coverage. Well, vacationing, not vacationing, excuse me, on assignment in the Dominican Republic. Make that clear. We're not going on vacation. We're going Mm -hmm. on assignment, Mm -hmm. doing the show wherever we go, aging with energy. Yes. (laughs) When that plane lands, I will know that I'm totally enveloped in the coverage of a chamber plan. Uh, Chamberplan.ca. Go there today. If you have a small business, you've uh, wondered about, uh, you know, getting uh, a benefits package for your small business. I mean, really, this is the way to go. Uh, Chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote today. Find out all you need to know about what's involved, what it costs, how they keep premiums under control. They've done that traditionally. Great thing to know for small business. And again, not just travel, prescriptions and dental therapies, a uh, mental health aspect to it, HR component now, on and on and on. And this can be done for small business. Uh, Yeah, like one to a hundred employees. Really, half a dozen employees. You can do this. It can be done. Chamberplan.ca. You know, with GoDaddy, you can uh, find your domain, easily create your website, and start selling online. Think about that. GoDaddy has all the tools and support you need for your small business, 24-7 phone support. You know, you can do this, by the way, without a credit card. Start your website for free. Just go and do it. No credit cards required. Give it a shot. Get your domain. Get 24-7 phone support, by the way. You want to talk to a human being? GoDaddy's got it for you. It's free and it's friendly. And it has all the support you need for your small business. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. GoDaddy.ca There was another uh, celebrity I was thinking of then that we had on. I just, I just, it's gone now. It's just gone. Well, um, we had. Um, I, in fact, I had the story last week. We never got to it. Uh, Ron Jeremy. Um, oh yes, he's not doing well. He's not doing well. In fact, we had him on a couple times. By the way, more than once. Like. He's been, you know, he's been charged with a couple of rapes or something, and he's not even well enough to go to trial. He's or got something. dementia. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, he's 69 years old. Fit it, did it. So, yeah, Ron Jeremy. 
In fact, I think he came by a couple of times, didn't he? I just said that. Yeah, we had him on a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And we had him at the yeah. uh, edge at uh, Young and Shooter in the yeah. storefront studios, which we broadcast there for several years out, you know, outside of a studio on the street. Mm-hmm. And he came by. I know what you're going to talk about, watching him eat sushi. Yeah, we had, uh, for whatever reason, a restaurant brought in sushi that morning. It was delicious. And he just went eh, hog wild. Mm-hmm. Pardon the pun. Um, and he was just, and then he was eating it. And then we noticed his fingers were like dirty, like dirt yeah. under his fingernails. Yeah. And he just plowed into that sushi like it was nothing. Unhygienic. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that story. And I felt a little bit sad for the guy. You know, it's, he, he, for most people now, younger people, they have no idea who he was. And there's so much porn. It's so pervasive. And, you know, it's almost like you take porn for granted. But there was a time in our lives when we didn't. And Ron Jeremy was a big part of that world. And it's sort of, you know, he always was trying to break into the legitimate movie business you'd see him in the odd cameo in a comedy or something but part of me felt a little bit sorry for i mean again i don't know anything about the rapes and i'm not commenting on that i'm just commenting on the fact that the guy was a big part of the culture in the 90s in the early days of online porn when a lot of his movies that he had recorded that had come out on you know vhs yeah he was a big deal for a while. But the sickness attached to that, you know, guilty or innocent until proven guilty and all that stuff. And he was on trial for rapes. I don't know if he's been convicted of anything along the way. Mm-hmm. But where does that come from when he spent most of his 20s and 30s screwing for money? Dude, like, until his 50s. Okay. what? So even more so. Yes. So what would... I don't know. I so there's the no thing. explanation for that. You yeah, know, I thought like, the same thing. I thought, why is this like, guy it's raping a anyone? Il- it's, a mil- it's a mental illness. Yeah. And again, I, like didn't, you, I didn't even look at any of the details of the story. Yeah. Did you? No, other than, you know, when, this, when these charges first came down, I remember reading about it. But last week, the story was he had been charged, but may not even be able to... Stand He's not trial well enough yeah. to stand to stand trial. So that's the extent of it now. But I mean, the details of the rapes and that. No, other than the time thinking, God, you do this for a living, you asshole. What no, exactly. Mean? Now you may go to jail. So, and, and again, I not not to make fun of it or anything. It just shows you that there's some kind of an, an issue there. Obviously, listen, man. I thought the exact same thing. I saw his mug shot. Saw that he was not fit to stand trial. Thought all this, this guy has been fucking for money for 40 plus years. What is he? Who is he raping? What? And, and again, didn't look into the circumstances. Right. So I don't know whether it was like, again, there's some mental illness, obviously. And, and maybe some of the early dementia caused whatever. But, you know, what a life that guy had. And, you know, the boundaries have changed quite a bit. Yes. Since he started and when he was charged as far as what con- what would constitute that, you know. And again, taking nothing away yeah. from the victims. No, 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 yeah. not at all. But uh, 
But just, the boundaries have definitely changed. And, you know, since Me Too, people speaking out uh, about what happened to them. But a little raising bit questions. A, a little bit of sadness, too. Again, I'm just, just thinking of the, you know, in the 90s there, we're uh, at Young Street. And, you know, having Ron Jeremy on the show was a big deal. And guys our age, I know this show's only for a certain kind of person, but guys our, our age would know what I'm talking about. That, you know, in our 30s and you know, late 30s, early 40s, when we were, you know, in the mid 90s at the edge there, having, he, he, as we've said it now three times, he came on a couple of times. He liked coming on the show. And it was a big deal having him on. It was very provocative and saying, hey, coming up, Ron Jeremy. And everyone listening knows Ron Jeremy's the porn star. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody knew him. Yeah. Without a doubt. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't need to... Uh, no, we didn't need to explain. When you introduced him, it didn't need a long bio. That's for <laughs> he, sure. He had a long bio. Hey, I've been, <laughs> uh, I've been saving something for you before you go. Um, and Dan's news will be coming up here in a bit. If, in fact, he's allowed to come back on our show. Um, I know you like Neil Young. I do, too. And I came across this version of Neil Young. I'm going to start playing it. Two. One, two, three. I, I'm not going to make you guess, but I, it's, I would have never guessed who this is, uh, doing a version of Old Man. But I've been saving it, and I thought I'd play it for you before you went away. Would you have a clue? Is that Eddie Vedder? It is not. It's it is, not, eh? Yeah. It's an alternative artist. Good, You know, it's in the alternative artist genre category. Still alive? Oh, yeah. So here, I'll give you uh, a... I don't... I was in deep. Just, just groove on it for a second. Very good. Give me things that won't get lost Like a coin that won't get it sounds like a, it's so he makes it sound so current which is what I love okay here's your clue here's your clue here's your clue hang on hang on I gotta of course I can't uh, I can't stop this and play the other one but here's a clue for you okay it's the same guy that does our closing theme really that's right mm. do you know who that is Beck that's Beck my brother isn't that uh, isn't that a cool little version of it though mm-hmm yeah, I've had it uh, in reserve for a few days, and I'm just trying to find a moment to play for you because I know you you would dig it. It's um, you know, it's funny. It's a really simple song, and it's a really old song. But having hearing Beck do this version of it, that's yeah, just cool. Yeah, it's over 50 years old. That song is it really? <laughs> well, yeah, which Jesus, yeah. 1971 maybe. 
Um, speaking of Neil Young, I saw a clip the other day in one of my uh, YouTube rabbit holes. Um, Joe Rogan talking about the Neil Young controversy, him wanting to be removed from Spotify because of Joe Rogan. Yeah, man. And Rogan said, you know, he doesn't really care. The one thing that bothers him about it, he loves Neil Young so much. Yeah. He grew up just loving Neil Young, loves his music. So from that aspect, it was disappointing. But beyond that, he doesn't care. Why would he? Um, on your recommend, I uh, went to the uh, Pharmacia. Oh, and by the way, I just want to quickly answer a question from somebody on Facebook. who says, uh, uh, do you get extra perks at your destinations if you mention you are doing research for a travel program? <laughs> and then he puts in brackets. This comes from John Kennett in brackets. Sounds caper boss-ish. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Um, Chris K, who's a big fan of the show, says, I've always wanted to ask that. Best and worst guests. And we could do uh, worst guests sometime. Well, obviously, the worst one. You know, the most legendarily worst guest was... Uh, uh, what's his face? L. Waxman. L. Waxman. Oh, yeah. Um, but there were a few. Man, um, what a missed... That was such a missed opportunity for him. Yeah. But um, without getting into it, there were a few yeah. others that were also... Not great guess. Although I can't really off the top of my head name a whole bunch. Well, another missed opportunity and played the wrong game with us was Susan Hayes. Oh, yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. And again, Al Waxman, he could have come on instead of being disinterested and thinking we were a couple of nitwits. He could have thought, oh, I can maybe connect with a younger, different audience right mm-hmm. here. Show a different side to me. Blew that. And then... Susan Hay came on. I guess the people around her, uh, she was just, uh, I don't know. How do you explain that? Um, somebody else uh, mentioned, we were. I think, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the air or off the air, or whatever this is, you know, I call it whatever this is, on the podcast. Um, did we mention Core Fusion? We did on Thursday, I think. Remember we used to yell Steve Martell? I think we also mentioned that we used to yell oh, Corey right, Friesen. Right, okay. yes, yes, yes. Um, Dan Duran is back. Dan, how have, uh, how have the last hour been for you? Very good, yeah. Any controversy at the uh, Dan-Lisa home? No, no. She uh, she happened to have been listening during that whole thing. And she said that she uh, she likes the funny parts of the show. And there you go. It's just, I guess, the serious parts don't make her, you know, morning great. I don't know. Well, then you should scope the two or three minutes every morning of the funny <laughs> stuff. Two or three minutes. <laughs> Easy there. And then she could listen to just that. Easy there, yeah. Brenton Shecky. I don't think there's two minutes of fucking week. Only the funny parts. <laughs> Only the funny parts. Uh, you know what? She, she, I, know, I know the parts she likes. No. Here's to a fella named Anderan. A hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Anderan, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Anderan. Anderan, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he. He don't care and his voice is nice and low. My, My voice, voice is nice. nice and low. Look, everybody! <laughs> it's the Dandoran Monkey Sock. Sock Monkey. And now live from Lisa's dining room. Where this is the part of the show she likes the best. Please welcome Anchorman Dandoran. This may interest you if you pee. Now you can analyze it 
at home. Mm. One of the most one of the most talked about gadgets to come out of this year's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas <laughs> was the health device company Withings U-Scan. It's an in-home Wi-Fi connected urinalysis device meant to soon read one's urine composition for health factors regarding pH balance, nutrition, and even menstrual cycles. Basically, mm. you put it in the toilet and pee on it and it records your pee contents and sends it to your smartphone a uh, uh, urinalysis lab right in your toilet how you soon can i get that. one because because i'm you know it's i'm I, I love that stuff of course uh, right now i'm analyzing my urine the old-fashioned way you know like wine i swirl it around i see if the notes are mm, tangy swish <laughs> swish <laughs> this urine has tears <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a, a growth area you know, we uh, we were ahead of the curve with these health gaze watches because, you know, the thing yeah. is, I was talking to the president of this company the other day in Edmonton, a guy named Randy Duguay, really interesting guy. You know, the future, everyone thinks these watches were like Fitbits and they're not. They have some of those Fitbit um, aspects. They'll record your calories burned and such. But this category of sort of personal use health monitoring is going to be huge because of the of our age group because people like us who have you know grown up with some technology are going to want to have access to things like that story you just told dan of being more than just you know your blood pressure and your heart rate and your and your you know ecgs and such that whole i that whole category is going to be huge in the next 20 30 years it's interesting, too, that, that uh, there's talk about this. I was reading another article about this and this kind of device. Uh, there's privacy concerns about uh, particularly this company's <laughs> willingness to share information with police. There's been some talk about that. So, like, uh, there was some talk about Roe versus Wade, you know, the menstrual, menstrual cycles that maybe um, government or police in, in those states that, that really uh, regulate abortion uh, are, mm. are considering... Um, whether or not they take this information, you know, to the owner's detriment by revealing, you know, whether or not, uh, I don't know, you figure it out. If you have any of this kind of information stored somewhere about your personal self, I don't know, can then, could this uh, device register, you know, drug use or something like that? That's a good point. Well, then don't use it. Well, there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like, what are the chances? But who knows? It's just if I'm peeing on a little pad, how did, like, wow, how does that end up being used against me? I guess anything's possible in this new world we live in. Well, maybe the information that, because yeah. it gets transmitted to your, like, like when I take my readings on this phone and it, 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 it also uh, syncs with my, I'm sorry, on my watch, it syncs with my phone. And if you could hack into that somehow and see what, you know, what state of health your employees are. And as you say, to see if you're being you know, a drug user or or you're pregnant. I would say urine analysis once a year by your doctor at your physical is more than enough. Oh, would Wouldn't you? you think? Yeah. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would love. I would love one of those devices, Dan, maybe next birthday. <laughs> All right, then. Something you else can... to uh, stress over. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. 
Look at the peak there in my urine analysis. Oh, it's yeah. peaking. It's peaking. Yeah. There's okay. something wrong with All me. right, Mr. What's your preferred? Is it a graph or a line graph on the Hang on, Dan. I was going to say, all right, Mr. Weigh yourself after and before and after poopies. That was a fun. That was fun. I told you. That was recreational. That wasn't obsessive. I don't do that. Okay. That's not obsessive. I'm sorry, Dan. What were you saying? I'm sure it was uh, more uh, mature than Mr. Mr. Poopy. Um, Now with the second story. Dan Duran News, everybody. Florida doesn't want a giant penis, probably. I'm sorry, what? A giant penis. Mm. A Florida activist has applied to display a giant penis sculpture in nine Florida cities to mark the festival of the Steel Phallus, a fertility celebration in Japan's Shinto religion. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about this uh, before from Japan. You ever heard about this? It's called the uh, Kawasaki Kanamera Festival. It's on the mm. first Sunday of April. Mm. Festival, a procession of three sacred phalluses and portable shrines. Yeah, yeah. And there's also kinds of you know quirky and unique phallus-themed merchandise and food associated with the festival. It's very a very highly attended festival. All right. Anyway, in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> so, what, are you uh, saying that you're a, you're a uh, you're a god in Japan? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, did I, you I, want to get there first, Fred? I'm sorry. No, I no. I was going to say the way he started that story. I'm thinking the poor bastard could never go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's big in Japan. Yeah. Um, big. I'm sorry, Dan. This is you keep saying phallus. There's a lot of phallus. Phallus. Yeah, phallus. The Fort Lauderdale uh, has told Chaz Stevens, who is this activist, to fill out an application, which he uh, takes as a promising sign that he can actually, I, I, you know, fill out the form, I guess. But the mayor is against it. Fort Lauderdale embraces diversity. But at some point, we need to draw the line between expression and decency, he told a, a local newspaper. Mm-hmm. Well, that- where where would the steel cock be displayed? That's the thing. Like... I guess huh? that's true. Where do you put a big well? Penis? Well, you don't Dan, want you tell in us. The public, where you yeah. have to be answering questions to your kids and all that. Like if it was a you know a private showing, fine. But if it's out there on a street corner, yeah, who needs to be looking at that? It's or funny. Yeah, that okay, but it's funny what symbols that we uh, allow and 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 ones we don't. You know, okay. a, pic- a, a picture of a guy bleeding from his hands on a cross. That one's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't dispute that. I, I, I'm, I'm just that saying, one's like, everywhere. Who needs to see a big steel penis like on public display? Like, wh- like why? Well, it's like that time Dan came out of the water and uh, <laughs> at, at the lake, and you yeah. didn't you didn't know where to look. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, did Dan? you think? Did you think? <laughs> did well. you think? Bringing this story up wouldn't result in you. No, I just I know it's the kind of story that. Listen, yes, well, do you guys? Well done. Am I am I being prudish here? But the thing is, like, like why? That's one of those. Like, why? Why do you need that there? Again, if it's a private showing, super. But but you would want to see a giant penis in a local park, is what you're saying. Penis well, in a park. I, I just think yeah. of walking through there with my grandkids and people feeling a bit embarrassed, and others might say, "So well, you why say did you feel embarrassed?" But yeah. Why do you why? say to your grandchild, "Well, that's a giant penis"? <laughs> that is. Uh, that, now, wasn't didn't uh, was I wrong? Why, you, Papa? Why is it not part of? You say it's part of a Japanese festival? Mm. Yes. Okay. The well, Kawasaki kind of Kawasaki. Uh, yeah. Big Kawasaki cock. That's what you yeah. say. Uh, yeah. By the way, um, another uh, interview. 
I was just reminded of that you weren't actually there for was one of the worst we ever had in this show. And it was Gene Simmons. Yeah, I remember that. I'm hearing of that. Yeah, it was. It just went off the rails and he was fucking a dick and just uh, just didn't get it. And I wasn't being I didn't make it worse. I just it was just obvious from the on the minute he came on that it was just awkward. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't answer any questions. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to it was just bad. Was he trying to be funny? Uh, no, he, I don't. He was just being. I don't, I don't know. I guess he maybe he, maybe he thought uh, the impri- that. I, the impression I got was it was condense- um, Condon, yeah, exactly. condescending, very condescending, right. almost like why am I doing this? Right. And which was yeah. weird because he their company contacted us. And, uh, and this was, was prom- during the podcast years, right? Yeah, it was when you were away once, and uh, we were. He was promoting something, and it was very condescending, and <laughs> which was weird because I was trying to ask him questions about his career. I was trying to ask like real yeah. questions. Because in this world, you know, it's a whole different world too. Back in the radio days, somebody could be a prick in an interview, and then it would just be over on that day but now everything lives forever why do you like why do you take those chances of sounding like a dick because you just never know right yeah if we had a better archive uh access uh would be uh would be interesting to hear that again um daniel what do you think about decency public decency when it comes to the kawasaki festival what are your thoughts (laughs) i think it's just fine i don't uh I mean, the the penis is just a normal part of the it's body. It's just a part of the body, Dan. It's just part of the body. So yeah. I know. It's, it's just, Penises and vaginas. If it's just uh, in a park by itself, doing no harm to anyone. Yeah, no, one's, yeah, no one's getting hurt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no one gets hurt by uh, yeah. penis sculptures. I surprise myself sometimes. I'm quite prudish. Yeah, but when you're, when you're in Europe and you see all those statues, famous statues, the, you know, uh, of... Uh, People well, from that peeing old, statue. That's peeing that's, statue. That's, yeah, 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 but it's and nuts. An there's balls and nuts everywhere. No, I get that, but it's part this part of the statue of the of the person. If so, it has to be on the statue. It can't be by itself. Just a big steel pecker there. Yeah, well, I, I, steel. I don't know. I don't know. Hey it, guys, like, listen, I'm. This isn't a you know from my perspective a right or wrong. It's just the mm. way I feel. Oh, okay. We can't argue you, with that. You guys can stomp all over me from now until the end of the day, which is fine. I'm just all right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Fred's gone. That's it. Going to DR. Times hey. f- what? No, I was going to say but, but, but something. I read. I are I've you up to date? A- by the way. No, I got okay, one. Okay. All right. Just when it comes to traveling, I'm re- I've been doing some reading over the past week about traveling and DR and all that kind of stuff. You know, with our um, marijuana laws in Canada now, it was saying people, if you share luggage within a family, make sure before you leave Mm. countries where it's not legal, you go through your luggage. Because, you know, you might lend your suitcase to your son and he went out to Vancouver and a little pouch of this there, a little something stuck there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Unwittingly, you pack your um, suitcase, and then next thing you know, uh, you could find yourself in a pickle. Even your even your own luggage, because you can travel within Canada with, right, with yes. weed in your yeah. own luggage, without a doubt. Without a doubt. The the point being, like, yeah, you're right, Howard. If 
if you, you know, you use it in your travel and you've carried it with you, just always make sure. You know, it's funny. Um, it's been a couple months since I have had, ex, you know, smoked any weed because of my heart problem. But I thought of that uh, going somewhere because I had my knapsack and I went through it just to make sure there wasn't a, a weed pen or something. Yeah. Um, I don't use a lot of, I wasn't using a lot of flour anyway. I didn't have a lot of loose leaf, you know, mm-hmm. residual. But I definitely, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, Dan, where, you know, or you ever had a weed pen where you're like, the the top part, like the 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 activating mechanism. Like, I'd, I've lost it several times, and I'm like, I hope I didn't lose it in this luggage that I'm taking. Because right. I, I have definitely misplaced it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. There's lots. And I, I, I thought you were going to say, Freddie. That countries that Canadians visit, knowing it's legal here, might take an extra look at Canadian luggage. Maybe. And I was wondering if whether or not the Dominican is part of this. But I don't know if for a while they're, they're, a lot of the Caribbean companies were part of the uh, countries were part of a the war on drugs mm-hmm. that America and mm-hmm. America funded lots of their boats and things to help out their their you know getting the drugs out of the world yes, good, good and drugs. so they would target tourists and stuff i remember i was on a, a live a live aboard dive boat one year and they they explained what could happen if you know we encountered one of the locals local mm-hmm. police or the coast guard that they may they could board and if they found anything that everything would would be really bad because oh, yeah. they wanted the tourists because they didn't want to arrest their own people mm-hmm. and it was all part of you know whatever the war on drugs was so there's that have you have you looked into all the things that uh, the dominican is all about Do you know the president and the, and the no no not yeah. that stuff no 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 you I'm know just, you know i'm just you know more or less like things to do and what the airport's like and you know do you know how many people are in the dominican no no it's 11 million by the way just so you know what there's that many? Min- wow. Yeah. There, yeah. You know, That's it's weird about the Dominican. Were you and I mm-hmm. talking about this off the air? Mm-hmm. About how... Or was it Rachel it was with and I? me. Uh, we were you, talking yeah, about not, Haiti. Yeah, Haiti the fact that it's the same country, yes. same landmass as, as Haiti. Haiti yes. And there's this dividing line where on the one side it's prosperous and on the other side it's Haiti. Mm-hmm. Decades of, uh, you know ruthless and uh, corrupt uh, leadership and that's what's happened um uh, you know dan you mentioned the war on drugs and a story i heard a couple of weeks ago the irony here you remember the britney griner thing right she goes into the soviet union with a little bit of hash oil whatever it was she gets thrown in jail it became it becomes a big the main focus of you know international travel and this american being held against her will for you know just having this little thing and how unfair it is and still to this day in the united states do you know how many guys are in prison for decades for simple possession still to mm-hmm. this day oh yeah and it's just you want to talk about irony so the president has this woman removed from Russia because of some hash oil and a nine-year sentence. Yeah. Meanwhile, in that country still, there are people in jail for simple possession. Well, they've still made it. Still yeah. is, and by the way, the, the color of those people tend not yeah. to be white. And on and on and on. Yeah. And, and happy and Martin and Luther King on. Jr. Day. Yeah. 
Um, and how but states yeah. can make it legal, but the uh, federal government mm-hmm. is you know, no, still no, a class I, I, one mm-hmm. drug or whatever. And that, you know, that we haven't talked about that for a while, but that prison system that we have that they have in the states, you know, it is so skewed and so for profitly skewed against black people. You know, anyway, let's not end the show on that note. Dan, what will you be doing to celebrate Martin Luther King Day, Jr. Day today? Uh, well, thanks for asking that. <laughs> Maybe you and I will have, have a, a Martin Luther yet. King uh, Jr. Festa, um, mm-hmm. feast yeah, today what, when you come a, home. What's the appropriate feast, I wonder? No, uh, I don't know. Tradition. Whatever you say is going to sound racist, so don't say yeah, anything. Yeah, I won't say anything. Yeah. This is, it's odd they have that on today's Blue Monday as well. Right? Is it? What's, yeah. what's Blue Monday again? Um, third, third, it's third it's, Monday it's supposed in January. To be the most, it's supposed to, yeah, the third Monday in January, the most depressing day of the year. It's when people realize that they, they haven't kept their, um, you know, their New Year's resolutions together. They're looking yep. at all their bills from the holiday season. The fun part, you know, the fun holiday Christmas, season. Christmas uh, excitement's done. Uh, still winter. over. Shitty. Um, shitty weather. Yeah. Gray. No sunshine. Okay, let's do a wellness check. How are you guys doing? You okay? Well, you know, the thing is, the sun came out again today for only the third time in this year. I think Saturday it finally got sunny. But yeah, this is, um, I was surprised it was MLK Junior Day. Uh, for some reason, I thought it was like later. I thought it was in February, but that's Black History Month, as you know. Is it? Is it always the third Monday? It just seems odd that those, you know, those two factions didn't get together and say, you know. I don't know. Why would we make the most depressing day of the year signify that on Martin Luther King Day? I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll do some research. Monday, January 16th. Why do we celebrate it on this day? Uh, according to the internet, internet mm-hmm. uh, was first observed uh, on uh, January 20th, 1986. It is because it's his... Um, rather than directly on his birthday... It because it follows the guidelines of the Uniform Monday Holiday Act. Yeah. And for you uh, CFNY fans, here's some uh, new order. Oh, I love this. And while we listen to New Order, why don't you talk about this the retirement man? Retirement Sherpa. Yes. Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, I'm sure Tim will be by this week. You know, he's finished his cruise. Well-deserved holiday for uh, the good guy. If you have a portfolio, want someone to have a second look at it, Tim is your guy. No strings attached, no obligation. He'll look and give you the straight goods. If you're on the right track, he'll tell you. If not, then you can come over to the Sherpa side, like so many other Humble and Fred listeners. Licensed on both sides of the border, Tim Niblett can look after you. The Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Daniel. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, and EVNet.ca. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing and gives us giving us five stars helps us out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, Metamucil will make you feel young again. Some use Metamucil as a recreational drug. <laughs> get some and get things moving.
Gord bless us, everyone. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that? 